welcome to Ridge Church again, and I am um, I'm excited to start this new series of messages today called Jesus Is. And what we're going to be doing for the next several weeks is we're going to be taking that statement, Jesus Is, and we're going to fill in the blank. And so uh, for the next four weeks, that's all we're going to do is we're just going to, we're just going to talk about Jesus. Is that okay with you guys when we do that? Well, uh, I... One of my earliest memories as a child, I'll, uh, I'll, never, I'll never forget this, but it, it was uh, and is one of my earliest memories uh, as a child. I, <laughs> I got in trouble. Funny that one of my earliest memories is me getting in trouble. But I, I got in trouble. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I do remember exactly what happened. I remember every little detail. I won't give you all the details. I'll just give you the synopsis real quick. But I got in trouble because I was sitting by the road outside of my house, you know, all innocent-like, you know, young child, nothing to do, idle hands, idle time. And I'm sitting there watching the cars pass down the road. And as the cars are coming down the road, I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know what would be really fun? is to see if I could hit one of these moving cars with a rock. That sounds like fun for a young child. So, let me, moms, dads, let me, let me just let you know, if you ever see your child sitting by the road, you know, first of all, get them away from the road. But second of all, if you see them sitting there and they look like they're doing nothing, no, they're thinking how they can blow something up, okay? I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was, I was doing. So I went from the driveway because we had a little gravel driveway. I went to the driveway, and I got a little, a little thing of rocks, and I brought them back over to the spot that I'd worn out all day because I'd been sitting there all day, and I sat them down there. And as cars would come by, I'd take these little pebbles, you know, because I didn't want to do anything big, just a little one. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to see, could I hit one of these cars? Could I hit one of these cars? So they'd come by, and I'd throw a rock. And, you know, finally I, I, I saw that my, my throwing motion was a little too slow. The rock that I was throwing didn't have enough weight behind it, so I needed to get something bigger. All right, and so I went and I got a, a, a you know a little bigger you know nickel sized rock or so and went and finally here come this this black car and I don't remember exactly what kind of car it was but I remember it was driving down the road and it, here it came and I you know I thought well I'll throw early that way when the car you know use physics as a you know five year old and so you know the car is coming I was like I'll throw early and they'll intersect right at the right time and so that's exactly what I did I throw the rock the car comes and I thought the rock was gonna miss the car. But it barely nicked the back part of the car. And the car keeps driving. And I think, I hit a car. I was so excited. I hit a car, and the car kept driving for about five feet. <laughs> Brakes slam on. I see the taillights pop up, and I'm sitting there going, oh, no. You know, so I'm looking around, trying to blame it on somebody, you know, the dog, you know, and I'm like, yeah, he did it. You know. But the car backs up down the road. And it backs up, and when it backs up, the windows come down, and the windows come down, and there's these people, and they're just kind of staring at me out the window. And I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of waving at them, and, and, and the driver looks at me and says, did you just hit my car with a rock? No. <laughs> because it sounded like you just hit my car with a rock. No. And then... He goes, no, you hit my car with a rock. And he pulls into the driveway. So I get up and I run. I run up to my mom. You know, my mom's home. My dad's not home because I knew that when my dad was home, I couldn't do that. And, but, so 
I get home and I run up to the house and the car pulls in the driveway and then it just all, you know, it just all fell apart then because, you know, the guy comes to the door, tells my mom what I did. I was in so much trouble. Like I I got, I, I barely nicked the car, but I hit the car just enough to make a little bit of noise so the guy could stop, pull over, come out. And get and, and I got in trouble. And my mom, my mother, she wore my butt out. And then my dad got home, and guess what? Yeah. It was really, really, really bad. And so I learned my lesson, absolutely, for sure. Number one, don't throw rocks at cars because you can't blame it on the dog. You can blame a lot of things on the dog, but you can't throw rocks at cars and blame it on the dog. You're not going to get away with it. And also, I learned some very important lessons that day. When my mom is angry, she could swing a belt pretty hard. I learned that. And I learned plenty of other lessons that day as well, and I've not thrown rocks at cars ever since. So, uh, good to know. I won't throw rocks at your car, okay? So, you're, uh, you're, you're safe today. But um, I just, I'll never forget that. And, and, and here's the thing. People, people have been throwing rocks ever since the beginning of time. People have been throwing rocks ever since the beginning of time. Jesus, as we just saw in the video, Jesus dealt with people who wanted to throw rocks. In the, the rocks that, that people throw today, though, the rocks that people throw today are in the form of hypocrisy, in the form of religion, in the form of hurtful words, in the form of backstabbing words, things that hurt. And when we get hit with rocks, we're left scarred. I didn't do it. (laughs) Where's that dog? Kyle, you might want to tune your guitar. Okay. Um, but people, people have been throwing rocks, and they, they, they leave these scars, emotional, physical, and they leave deep, deep scars. Some scars bring a remembrance of hurt and pain. You know, some of us, we, we have scars. We have, we have physical scars that we look at. I, I've got a scar on my hand where I, I can remember being a 15-year-old kid running, uh, running to church. I one on my hand and on my knee and another place that I'm not going to show you. But uh, I, I just I remember getting attacked by a bulldog running, running to church one Sunday. And uh, every time I see those scars, I, I remember that. You know, and so you, you have you have scars and you you see those scars. You feel some of those scars are hidden deep down, but they're hidden emotionally. And every time someone says something, it can just be a trigger, just a word. And it brings up that emotional scar and it you feel that pain all over again. Emotional scars hurt worse than physical scars. But we, we get some of these scars, some of these scars that we, that we attain, we attain them from our own personal decisions. Some of the scars are caused by other people, things that you and I have absolutely nothing to do with, things that you didn't do. You are an innocent bystander standing in the way, but yet you're still having to endure the pain of that scar. Other scars that we have are caused by our own decisions. We make decisions that, that leave some of these scars. And it's because we thought that we would do something that maybe in the beginning we thought would bring us some type of you know, physical 
pleasure or physical joy, but in the end, all it really brought was long-term emotional and physical scars. But there's Jesus. There's Jesus. He has a way of, of showing up, and, and when he shows up, he, he has a way of sort of revealing our scars to us, doesn't he? But not only does he have a way of revealing those scars, but he also has a way of healing those scars. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 8. I want to read you a couple of verses. Um, give you the picture of, of what we just saw in the video here. John chapter 8, starting uh, in, actually starts in uh, verse or chapter 7, 53, but we'll start in 8, 1, this story here. Let me just read this to you. If you don't have a Bible, we actually have free Bibles on the resource table back there, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. Verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law... Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They're questioning Jesus. They're saying, what what do you think we should do? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when he heard it, or when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus left alone. Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. The name of today's message is called Jesus is a Shield from People Who Throw Rocks. Jesus is a Shield from, from People Who Throw Rocks. Several things that I want to point out to us from this passage of Scripture, the several things that he shields us from when people want to throw rocks at us. Number one, if you're writing notes and taking notes, you can write these down if you want. They'll be on the screen behind me. But the first thing that he shields us from that we see in this passage is that he is a shield from religion. He is a shield from religion. In these first six verses, what we see is we see a picture of the Pharisees and the scribes. These were the religious leaders of the day. These were the the men who who knew the scripture, the Old Testament, from the front to the back, from the back to the front. I mean, they knew it all. They were very uh, scholared in the Old Testament law, which they bring up to Jesus. They mention the, the law of Moses to Jesus and because they bring this woman to her because they're referencing a law from Deuteronomy 22 where the law says that any man and woman, both, any man and woman, when they're caught in adultery, they should be brought before the council and they should be stoned. This is, what the, this is what the law said. But isn't it interesting that they only brought the woman, they didn't bring the man. They only brought the woman, but they didn't bring the man. And, and, and it's an interesting picture because in, even in, in today's society, we still have the same view about these types of things. Because, listen, if, if it's a woman who commits a sexual sin outside of marriage, she's a slut. But 
If it's a man, it's okay. He's a man. He just, you know, he's got manly instincts. He just does, you know, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. In fact, God, God knew from the very beginning it was okay. Jesus saw what was going on here. But the reason why the, the, they bring this woman and not the man is uh, some scholars and theologians look at this and they say, well, chances are that he, she was probably set up. The, the Pharisees and the scribes, they got together and they, they set this whole thing up so that they could catch Jesus and they could kill Jesus. That was their whole plan. That was the whole, they weren't just walking by one day. I mean, think about it. Let's just think about it rationally. They weren't just walking by one day and was like, mm, oh, wait, hey, there's a woman who's committing adultery. Let's get her. It didn't happen that way. I mean, think about it. This whole thing was set up. So they could bring her in front of Jesus. And so they do. That's exactly what they wanted to trap Jesus because they didn't like the way that he was doing what he was doing. He was healing people. He was doing ministry for people. He had come to save the world. He mentioned that he was God, that he was the Savior. They didn't like this. They didn't like Jesus. And so they took this woman and they used her as a pawn to kill Jesus. And so they were hoping to kill, they, were, they, were, they thought they were going to have a good day. They were hoping to kill a sinner and Jesus all in the same day. It would have been a great day for a Pharisee. They would have had a real good time. And the truth is that religious people have been killing sinners and Jesus since that day. But Jesus, Jesus is a shield from religion. He is a shield from religion. Let me ask you a question. Why, why, why is it when people, when people seem to need the church the most that we turn our backs on them? Why, why is that? We don't want to deal with the messiness. You know, it, it, it creeps into our schedule. You know, it throws everything off a little bit. Maybe it dips into our pockets a little deeper than what we want to go, right? But why is it, why is it when, when, when it seems like people need the church the most, the church doesn't need the people anymore? Unless you've got a, a deep pocket. The church has been killing killing people since that day too by turning our backs on you, you know who else I see the church turning turning their backs on and, and when I say the church I'm talking about the church in general this isn't every church I, I would like to think that our church isn't this way but I'm, I'm not going to be so naive to think that that maybe we've not at some point okay so I'm not going to stand up here and, and give you preacher speak I'm, I'm going to try to be as honest and open as I can to you okay and so if you're sitting there and you're like well you turned your back on tell me Let's talk about it. We'll do something about it. But this, this is what I see. I, I see the church doing this too much. It's like modern day leprosy. But it's the, it's, the single, it's the single mom. It's the pregnant teenager. And the church says, I, uh, we don't want that. That's, uh, uh, I mean, we have words for it. You know, it's like, oh, 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 oh. what? What was that? Are you speaking in tongues? No. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> Should have bought a Honda. Yeah, anyway, so 
we, we, I mean, we see this. Oh, we do. We, we, we see this. We see it way too much. Way too much. Can I make a suggestion that we, that, that, that we stop this? That, that this stops, that this ends, that, that, that we don't look at... Okay, let, let, let's be honest, okay? But here, here's, the thing, uh, here's the thing about, uh, about single moms, uh, single, single moms, or uh, uh, more specifically, uh, pregnant teenagers. We see their sin. I don't see yours. You're not carrying yours. but it's still the same. You, you don't have to tell them that they sinned. They know. They were there. So were you. When you sin and I sin, it's all sin. And so we have to stop that. Uh, there are some great organizations uh, that, that works with teenage moms, and I, and I love these organizations. Uh, Choices, uh, Choice Resource Center here in Oak Ridge and uh, the Restoration House, which we Worked with the Restoration House uh, before Lori Haskell. She's uh, she comes to the second service, but uh, she works for the Restoration House. And and you guys saw you'll see I guess in November the the extreme home makeover thing for the, for the Restoration House and all that stuff. And and they work with single moms and 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 teenage uh, teenage moms and so on and so forth. And so um, we as a church want to make a commitment to uh, to work with those organizations. And, and, and to say that we're going to partner alongside them and, and work with them because that is not modern-day leprosy. That is just somebody else, just like you and I, who need Jesus to be a shield from people who throw rocks. And so that's what, that's what we're going to do. Uh, number two, he's a shield from hypocrisy. He's a shield from hypocrisy. In verse 7, listen, listen to this. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. What, uh, right before this, Jesus, he, he bends down into the sand and, and he begins to write in the sand. And we could speculate, we could say, the Bible doesn't say exactly what he wrote, and, and theologians and, and Bible scholars, they've all said, well, maybe he wrote this, maybe he wrote that. The bottom line is, is we don't really know what he wrote. We, we don't know. We, we'll ask him when we get there, okay? But we don't, we don't really know what he wrote. But maybe, maybe he was writing the names down of, of those who were accusing this woman, because they, they were they were just as big of sinners as, as, as she was. You know, or maybe, maybe he was writing the sins down of the, of, of the accuser. You know? And he was, I'm not going to, well, anyway. So, like, he, he, you know, who knows what he, he was writing. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said this, he said, Of all bad men, religious bad men are the worst. Of all the bad men, religious bad men are the worst. I think, in a way, many of us, all of us, really, we're all sort of unintentional hypocrites, aren't we? Because we can't fully live up to the gospel. Because we're all sinners. We're, we're all sinners. And so, it, in some ways, we're all, we're all unintentional hypocrites. It's the intentional hypocrite that really does the damage. 
A.W. Tozer, uh, another great writer and, and theologian, he, he, said, he said this. He said, uh, Through the grace of God and the kindness of our spiritual ancestors, we may have spiritual light that some others do not have, but in all honesty, we are wretchedly far below what we should be in living up, uh, up to it day by day. It helps us to be honest and frank and humble to know that the great God Almighty knows the secrets of every person's heart. I love that. You see, Jesus, Jesus is a shield from this. He is a shield from hypocrisy. People, people are going to be hypocrites to you. People are going to be hypocrites to me. You and I are unintentionally in some ways going to be hypocrites to other people. But we have the grace and the mercy of God to be a shield from that. You see, people who make promises to us we, and, and they break those promises, we, we look at them and we say, well, you, you're just a hypocrite. You made a promise and you didn't keep it and so, and so you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. So what, what do we do with that? How do we, how do we handle that? How do we navigate that? You don't. You plead Jesus as your shield, as the one who stands in your defense, as the one who stands beside you, as the one who would willingly step in front of you, people want to throw rocks at you. And hypocrisy is just another way that people want to throw rocks. Jesus is a shield when we don't deserve it. Well, he is a shield from condemnation and when we don't deserve it. He is is a shield from condemnation and when we don't deserve that. The woman in this story, the adulterous woman, she deserved death by the law. This was the rule. She was to be put to death. So was the man. They were to be put to death because of this relationship. That was the rule. And so Jesus could have easily said, you're absolutely right, Pharisee and scribe. She should be put to death. Kill her. He could have said that. And you know what? He would have been absolutely correct. However, because they were trying to trap him, if Jesus would have said, yes, kill her, then the Romans would have arrested him for breaking Roman law. So he was kind of trapped. But by their law, yes, she should have been killed. Romans 5.8. I love Romans 5.8. It's one of my favorite Verses of scripture, but Romans 5.8 says this, it says, But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't deserve that. This woman, she was, she was caught in adultery. And, and, and when she was, she was caught in adultery, you see, we look at that and we, we see that story and we see, we see that and we say, well, her sin was, was, was the sex. And her, her sin wasn't the sex, it was the adultery. That was, that was the sin in the matter. It wasn't that she was, she was having sex, it was the fact that she was in adultery. And so in Deuteronomy 22:22, the law says that both the man and the woman must die. This was a very serious offense to the point to where they had to be put to death. And so think about this woman who is standing before these men, standing before Jesus, who possibly could have been absolutely buck naked. I mean, she, she was caught in the act, okay? So it wasn't, who knows? But there she is, the men here, Jesus there, she's there, sitting in the dirt. 
Imagine the condemnation that she felt. Imagine the guilt. Imagine the shame. Imagine the hurt. Maybe that's something that you have felt recently. Maybe it's something that you're feeling today. Maybe it's something that you have felt before in the past. You felt that 5,000 pound weight around your neck called condemnation where everybody's looking at you. Everybody sees you and they see your sin and they're looking at you pointing their fingers, murdering you with their words, hurting you with their actions. That's what condemnation feels like. So in this story, Jesus says in verse 8, he says, And once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one. Because just before this he said, okay, yeah, she should be killed. But if you're without sin, why don't you throw the first stone? And so they start to drop their stones. One by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus left, was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. No one, Lord. Jesus was so compassionate about forgiveness. He was so compassionate about being able to stand in others' defense. He was so compassionate about forgiveness that he died for it. He died for forgiveness. John 3.17 says, right after John 3.16, we know that verse, but my favorite part of that scripture is John 3.17, where it says, For God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus did not come to condemn you. Jesus did not come here to condemn you for whatever it is that you carried in here with you. You are not condemned. Romans 12.1 says that, that it says that, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual act of worship. That's what Romans 12.1 says and when it says that what Paul is saying in that he is saying that, that your body although it be a sacrifice it is holy. You are holy because you are not condemned. Paul also goes on to say that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is not on you. So today, here's the bottom line. Let me give you this bottom line. We're going to close up here in just a second. But if you don't remember anything else from today, write this one thing down, circle it, underline it, highlight it. This is it. This is the bottom line. Jesus didn't come to do something to you. He came to do something for you. Jesus did not come to do something to you. He came to do something for you. And so maybe you feel like in light of your sin, in light of your scar, that that Jesus, he just wants to condemn you, that God wants to condemn you, that the church wants to condemn you, that, that, that all this condemnation has just fallen on you and that there is no hope. That there is no hope. Rather, Jesus came to do something for you instead of do something to you. And what he came to do for you is to die for you. To rid you of condemnation. To to give you grace. To give you mercy. To give you forgiveness. 
The truth is, is that people throw rocks. But by the mercy of God, Jesus is the shield from those who throw rocks. The world may condemn you, but Jesus does not. Jesus does not. And in the scope of eternity, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, doesn't it? I'll give you one more quote from C.S. Lewis. I can just quote C.S. Lewis all day because he's a smart dude. C.S. Lewis, he said, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And finally, Jesus, Jesus is a shield from the penalty of sin. Paul says in Romans, he says, For the wages of sin is death. And so God requires a payment for sin. And we, we call that payment, we call it atonement. It's a big church word that we use that says that something had to die to pay for my sin. That something had to die to pay for your sin. In the Old Testament, it was lambs. It was spotless lambs. It was, it was goats, pure goats. And so they, they, they would sacrifice these things. But now it's Jesus. Jesus made an atonement, a sacrifice for your sin and my sin. Once for all, there is no more sacrifice to be made. You don't have to stop making sacrifices to atone for your sin. You've already been forgiven. Because Jesus is a shield. Jesus is a shield. Jesus did not come to do something to you, but came to do something for you. I believe that Jesus has an unyielding passion to do something for you today. That he has, he has this passion to, to do something for you today, to relieve you of any guilt, to relieve you of pain, to relieve you and to heal you from scars that you brought in here with you today to be your protector from those who want to throw rocks at you. Listen, you may be here today and there's not you're you're in a good place. There's not any rocks coming at you today. But tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Tomorrow is a new day and those rocks may be coming. Those rocks may be coming. They may not be coming today, but those rocks may be coming and Jesus is a shield from those who want to throw rocks. He is a shield from those who condemn you. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the old theologian, the dead one. Well, sorry. I guess they're both dead. Take that out of the podcast. Insert foot into mouth. Martin Luther said this, He said, the recognition of sin is the beginning of salvation. The recognition of sin is the beginning of salvation. See, Jesus gave her an action step at the end of this in verse 11. He said, has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And this is the action step that he gave her. He said, neither do I condemn you. That's good news. That's great. That's what we want to hear. That would be a perfect bow on the end of this story. Yet Jesus goes on one last time and he says, go, and from now on, sin no more. 
What's he telling her to do? He's saying, you can't ever, ever, ever commit another sin for the rest of your life. Is that what he's telling her? No. What he's telling her is, stop doing what you're doing. Quit committing adultery. Stop having sex with men who aren't your husband. Stop sinning to the best of your ability. Just love me because I am your shield. I am your protector. I am the one who gives you forgiveness. I am the one who gives you grace. I am the one who forgives you. I am the one who gives you mercy. Just love me. And so today that's our action step. Ephesians 2.8 says that we are saved by grace, not of our own doing, but it's a gift of God. It is a gift of God. The grace of God is a gift to you today. Moms, we, you guys are awesome. Moms who, you're here, your, your children are here. Moms who, your, your children aren't here yet. Soon to be moms. Moms who are still moms. I love you guys. We love you guys. We thought all, for a long time, we'd like, how could we, what, what, what's a gift that we could give to mothers? We could give you a rose and a poem, but you'd just lose it on the way home. You know? I think Jesus gives us a much better gift, and that's grace. Moms, you guys deal with much more junk than probably anybody. Men, we have this innate ability to just shut stuff off. Amen, moms? Yeah. We'll talk about that Father's Day. Nobody's going to show up except for, except for women. But this is what Jesus says. He said it, it, it is a gift. This grace is a gift. And so today, for some of us, Jesus must step in. Jesus, listen, Jesus becomes our shield and steps in when you and I step out. And so today is the day for some of us to step out. Whatever it was that you brought in here with you today, then I want to encourage you to leave it here today. To allow Jesus to be your defender. To allow Jesus to be your shield. The scars that you have, the the emotional hurts, the, the deep pains that you have. Listen, there's not a prayer, there, there's, not, there's not a whole lot that can happen here right now in this moment that will make you believe that as soon as you walk out of here that everything will be rainbows and unicorns. But what it will be is that your protector will go before you. That Jesus will go before you to be a shield when people want to throw rocks. So today as we close and pray, I, I just want to invite you. Some of you, um, some of you need, to, need to come down front today. I, you, you need to come down here and, and you need to have somebody to pray with you today. And so as I pray, if that's you, I just want you to come down. If somebody will meet you, you won't come down here by yourself. Somebody will meet you down here. Our pastor's there in the back, staff in the back. They'll come and pray with you. Somebody on the front here, they'll come and pray with you. So if you need that today, don't hesitate to come. Whatever it is that you need to bring, bring it, leave it, and let Jesus go before you to be your shield. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you, God, for your grace.
grace and for your mercy. God, for your protection from people who want to throw rocks. God, I, I want to want to just ask, Father, that, that right now as you minister to people, God, as you speak to people, as your Holy Spirit begins to uh, to heal, God, as it begins to, uh, to just infect our bloodstream, God, to fill us up. God, that your healing power comes on us, God, that, that, you're, that we feel your protection, God, that we feel the weight of condemnation being lifted off of us, God, that we feel the scars and the wounds begin to come back together. If you're here today, you're like, you know what? That's me. I have some deep, deep scars that that hurt. That's you. Will you just throw up your hand just so I can pray for you? I know, just just so we can pray for you. Nobody's nobody's gonna be looking at you and, and seeing you. Maybe you're here today, and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, and and, and you want Jesus to be your protector, your shield, your everything. And you, and you need to just leave your sin once and for all. And you need to say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. If that's you, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord. Just so I can pray for you. I can't pray. That, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come down front. But just so I can pray for you, will you just raise your hand real quick? Just throw up your hand just so I can see you. As we continue to pray, if you need to come down front and for somebody to come and pray with you, please do so. God, we love you, Jesus. God, we love you that, that you fill us up. God, we love you, Lord, that, that you give us protection, God, that you lift the condemnation off of our hearts, God, that you, that you step in front of us when people want to throw rocks. God, be our shield. Be our mercy. Be our grace. God, we thank you that you didn't come to do something to us. But, Father, you came to do something for us. So, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Father God, it's in your name we pray. Amen.